everyone, I'm Ari Meglin here with Rachel Poli and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. We are on episode 99 and this week's question is, what are the best tips for writing dialogue? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy our episode, please do give it a like, write a review, share it with friends. Okay, so writing dialogue. It's taken us a while to get around to this, but we thought we ought to start covering it. So I think my first point about writing dialogue is don't give speeches and I don't care if it's the villain no giant monologue it's one of the most annoying things to read when it's like huge chunky paragraphs that go on and on I just I don't there's very few times when I read a book and there's a speech in it where some characters going on and on and on, usually explaining some long blown out plot point or confessing their sins or whatever. And honestly, so much of it could be cut. I appreciate if they're explaining a story, if they're revealing something about themselves and they've had to go back to the childhood, but it's just too much. Either breaking up with other people, asking questions or interrupting or throwing temper tantrums, but don't give speeches. Don't do giant paragraphs that go on and on with one person monopolizing the conversation. Yes, it happens in real life and we friggin' hate it. Look at me, self-censoring, very impressed. But yeah, imagine yourself in a room. I mean, if you've ever worked in an office, you will know there's always one person who just drones on and on. I appreciate the irony of me droning on and on about this. Don't mention it in the comments. And the last thing- do it, Ari. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do, we do. But the one thing you don't want to do is stand there listening to this person waffle on about something where they never stop, they don't take a breath, they just keep going and sort of mow everybody else down with their discussion. Don't do that in books. Nobody needs it. As I said, even with villains monologuing, we don't need it. Just either cut it down so it's less, or you could even do a part where, say, someone is pouring out their heart. Unless it's actually necessary, you could have a paragraph that literally states that this character um, spent the next hour painstakingly describing the, the horrors that he had gone through while whatever character listened intently holding his hand and then underneath you could start and throw in some description you could have that character talking about maybe the worst parts or finishing the monologue and just having like one or two small paragraphs of him speaking but have a nice little almost like a fade to black part at the top saying you know they discussed it for a bit or I don't know that's you know what I mean I don't know if I'm being really clear but (laughs) No, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So you don't always have to retell something or go into full detail. You can kind of just explain that that's what the characters are doing and then throw in a bit at the end. Don't do four or five pages of one person just talking. I have yet to see it in a book where I thought it was worth it. I will almost always skim to the end, which is not good. I don't actually like doing that, but If you've gone on for over a page and one person is talking and that is all and nobody's interrupted them and they haven't stopped to take a drink or stir out the window or break down and cry, I am skimming and moving on. This is actually such a huge trope in cozy mystery novels, or I guess any mystery novel, to be honest, Because whenever the uh, detective or amateur sleuth or whoever finally catches the bad guy, they almost always end up getting kidnapped. 
and becomes the bad guy's next target because they know too much. And then the bad guy goes on and on and on about their plan and how long that they've been working on it and why they decided to do this in the first place, all before they kill the protagonist. And they never end up getting to kill the protagonist because while they drown on and on and on, the protagonist is able to stall long enough or they're able to call for help or they like figure out a way how to wiggle themselves free or whatever. And I have to agree with you. There, there are sometimes I feel like when watching movies or TV shows, I feel like the villain monologues are somewhat acceptable, uh, depending on who the villain is and how funny it can be. And, you know, sometimes they can make it more entertaining. But reading it in books, it is it can get kind of old, I guess you could say. Like it's it's almost it's too cliche at this point. So I do. I do agree with that. And even not even just the uh, villain monologues. But even if, say somebody is like getting an award and they go up on stage and they're giving a speech, unless that award really has to do with the character who won it or the plot or something, I don't want to sit there and listen to their entire speech from beginning to end. If uh, your main character wanted the award and they didn't get it, maybe they're not listening to the speech. Maybe they just completely tune the person out and they're like, oh man, I really wish like I deserve that, not them. They can be sad about it. They can be angry about it. But I highly doubt they're actually listening to the speech unless they're really, really a nice person. But we don't have those anymore. <laughs> and also depending on the type of book that you're writing and the genre and stuff, who really gets to stand up there and tell their speech from beginning to end? Usually something always happens, whether it's good or bad, but someone or something interrupts and stuff. And unless the speech like reveals some huge plot point, it's probably not needed. So with that said, I'm going to go into my next point and I'm going to say that when writing dialogue, you should always say the dialogue out loud to ensure that it flows well and it sounds okay. Because a lot of times we tend to write the way we speak, which in sometimes is like totally okay. But it may not always sound right when you're reading it, because obviously you, you write the way that you speak, but the readers don't know how you speak. So they're going to read it in a totally different tone and a different emotion, like they might interpret it differently. And sometimes it just doesn't even sound right. It sounds very, it can sound very choppy and almost like the characters are robots in a way. So piggybacking off the whole big speech thing, you want to read it out loud and make sure that it doesn't go on for too long as I am right now, or it doesn't, it's not too short. It doesn't have like an abrupt ending. You want to make sure that your characters have complete thoughts. And granted, yes, I know it's very annoying when word gives you the red squiggly line and, the, and it's like, this is a sentence fragment or run on sentence. Sometimes characters talk like that. We talk like that. We sometimes don't say complete sentences be, because we're just getting our point across and that's that. And some of that is okay. So you also kind of need to read it out loud and, and ask yourself, does this fit here? Does this dialogue fit this character's tone? Does it fit what's happening in the novel right now? Like fitting in well with, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The scene, the scene. <laughs> ask yourself, does the dialogue fit in well with the scene? Like obviously if someone just died, Chances are one of your characters isn't going to be overly enthusiastic or extremely happy unless they murdered the person. Then, yeah, they might be a little excited. But other than that, you just want to make sure that it makes sense and that it's easy for your readers to read. 
I feel like me mentioning about the whole giving speeches is now making us really nervous and we're, li- we're like, oh, we're talking too much. It's making us aware. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's a podcast. It's totally different. Very different. Yep. I have to admit, I, I definitely agree with the, the whole reading out loud, which despite the fact we're on a podcast and we listen to ourselves talk a lot, never gets easier listening to yourself talk. But one of the things as well is I found it was easier when you read it out loud if you hadn't changed the voices enough because your character should have distinct voices. It's not so distinct that it's like, oh, my gosh, definitely. But there is a way of having characters sound different. And sometimes, especially if you haven't found your voice yet when you're writing and you haven't got used to the different characters and how they speak and, and, the, and you know, whether it's the type of words they use, the tone they use or anything like that, reading it out loud will catch that because it will sound like one person just talking, even if it's a conversation. So I think it's really good to do that. And if you really, really hate the sound of your voice and you spend more time focused on that, get somebody else to read it. Or I think you can put it through, is it like there's like programs you can put it through and it will read it back to you. So yeah, I'm sure if we find some of them, we'll stick them in the link below. Um, I haven't tried those. I don't know if I would like to listen to some robotic voice talking, <laughs> talking back to me. Yeah, I haven't tried it either, but I'm curious, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. But it also helps you if you catch like punctuation errors where maybe you're <laughs> emphasizing the wrong area because you missed something. So yeah, it's definitely a good idea to, to read it aloud. You know, speaking of tone, I cannot explain to you how many times that I've read my dialogue out loud and I've just taken my paper and I've been pacing back and forth in my room and reading this dialogue as if I'm on a stage, like just performing for somebody. And I go through each dialogue and yeah, you you change your tone, you change your voice, you, you change the emotion. But one of the things that helps it flow well is if you actually put that on the page. It's obviously not enough to just put words in quotation marks and assume that your readers know how your character is speaking or the emotion that they're feeling or the tone that they're using. So you want to use dialogue tags sparingly, but I want to say said is not dead. This may be an unpopular opinion, but a lot of people don't like said because it, I don't know, it's too bland, I guess. But I really think that you got to use it, not all the time, obviously, but you do have to use it because your character doesn't often laugh out words. They say the words while they're laughing and so on and so forth. So as I said, use dialogue tags sparingly, but use them enough that the readers know who's speaking and what's going on, and they'll be able to understand the emotions and the tones that go with the dialogue. Depending on what Mary is explaining and who she's speaking to, you can say that she explained it matter-of-factly and she said it in like her normal tone and she said it neutral, or she can be yelling at someone, or she could like get all teary-eyed whether she's being upset because she's sad or whether she's just so frustrated and angry that tears start forming. So that's something else that when you read your dialogue out loud, make sure that your dialogue tags go along with your dialogue. So that way, when you see the tags, you know, okay, I'm supposed to say this angrily. I'm supposed to say this with just a deadpan expression on my face. And that'll go over to the readers as well so that they'll be able to be on the same level as your characters. I always find there's two camps most of the time. There is the said camp who don't like using anything other than said. And to be honest, said is one of those 
silent words in a way you don't even realize unless you unless every single piece of dialogue has said on it and as Rachel said we you use it sparingly dialogue tags should always be sparingly as long as you know who is speaking but if you use said and no other tag you will blank over it. it won't be it won't ring heavily like other words if you repeat them over and over then you've got the other camp where they refuse to use said entirely and everything is shouted, yelled, cried, moaned, everything. And then obviously there's the there's another small camp, I should say, where people use adverbs. I have to be, I do fall in the ad, adverb camp. Uh, not all the time, but I have no issue with adverbs if done well. Because I've had people say things like, you don't need adverbs. Your character can whisper and they can shout. And it's like, and I always remember one of the terms I sometimes use is my character will say something. It's like, Mary said softly. Now to me, speaking softly is not the same as whispering. It's not the, it's not the hushed whisper. It's just a certain tone that a character has at a certain time and everything. And ever since I, I figured that part out that I couldn't figure out a better way of saying that, that's what I use. So I have no issue with adverbs. So yeah, you got said that you can use or not, or not using said. I think Rachel is 100% right. You should definitely use said. Even if you use other types of tags, even if you throw in some adverbs, there's nothing wrong with said. It shouldn't be treated like some sort of leper. But then at the same time, there's only one author I know who I think only ever used said and nothing else. And I think that's Terry Pratchett. I've read so many of his books and I remember noticing it once on one of his books that I didn't see anything other than said. But again, it wasn't constant. He only used it to make it obvious who was speaking and you didn't I mean I'd read I'd read that book so many times and it was just one passing when I was doing kind of a deconstruction of it that it clicked that he hadn't used any other type of dialogue tag so it is possible to just use said and so yeah I, I definitely think either you said and some dialogue tags other types of dialogue tag or just you said but I think if you only use other types of dialogue tags and never touch said that is so bad and it's so noticeable as well like really noticeable. I mean, honestly, part of it, going back to the whole thing about, you know, make your dialogue flow, there are certainly times where, yeah, you don't need dialogue tags. Like if you have two characters bickering, don't interrupt that. Don't interrupt that with dialogue tags. Let let those quotation marks fly and just let your characters go at it. Like establish who speaks first, who speaks next, and then just roll with it. And um, I wouldn't say go on for like a page or two. Because obviously, like, if it's really heated, then yeah, maybe a character throws, I don't know, a vase at somebody else's head. I don't know. I don't recommend doing that to anybody. But, you know, other action can be involved. But for the most part, if they're just in the heat of the moment and they're just going back and forth with one another, then yeah, you don't need dialogue tags. And that is interesting about Terry Pratchett. I mean, you certainly can just use said as many or as little times as you want. It all depends on your own writing style. We say this in like every episode, take our advice with a grain of salt, but you just kind of have to do what's best for your writing and however you write. Because like I had said in the previous episode, a lot of my description comes from my dialogue tags. So I don't use them often. I mean, well, I do use them often. I don't use them all the time. I should say my dialogue tags are pretty much like a good chunk of my writing. Or my dialogue is, I should say. No, but I get that because everyone's different in how they write. And I know a lot of people who write very character-heavy stories, in which case dialogue is a larger part of their writing compared to very plot-heavy stories where, yes, dialogue is important, but then so is a lot of the prose 
and like so yeah there isn't I don't think there's a right or wrong way with this it's just it's how your story flows how you feel comfortable and that and yeah you said use other dialogue tags I think I think as you said as long as it's sparingly and it's not like you know what are we having to for dinner said Mary I don't know said Tim what about pizza chimed in Marcus and that and it's like we we do, we don't need everybody's tag to know who the heck nobody cares who said pizza unless it's part of the plot that's a really bad dialogue I just did there really bad that was amazing bravo <laughs> okay with that said I'm gonna bounce to my last point which is don't over explain and I call this the CSI example it's done in books it's obviously done mostly in TV but it is starting to creep into books I've noticed Now, if you've ever watched CSI, there's things that annoyed me when I watched it. And to be honest, they're in so many other programs. And it's explaining things to characters that already know shit. Oh, didn't censor myself that time. So if you ever watched CSI and you'd have three CSI members at a crime scene and someone would go, pass me that luminol. You know, one of the other characters would grab the bottle and hand it over and go, are you looking for blood? Yes. Whenever I spray this and it reacts to the iron in the blood, it will glow blue. Then we know there's blood. It's like, why the hell are you saying that? That's another CSI person. And it's not a trainee. It's not some ride-along. It's some senior person. And they're pointing out the bleeding obvious. Obviously, when you're watching CSI or anything like that, it's a vehicle for getting the information to the viewers or the readers or whatever, because they might not know that. But that's so frustrating. Eventually, they did start doing it more with like, they'd bring in some bumbling police detective and literally have him standing in the corner just so he could ask pointless questions like that, which was still annoying because, again, some senior detective has been doing it for 20 years and he doesn't know what Luminol is. He doesn't know how CSI works. I mean, seriously. So even that was kind of cringy. And I'm finding that with books where they'll blurt something out to another character who probably already knows that from you know how the scene has been set up and it's just to get that information across to the reader oh my god is that the temple of anubis speaking to another egyptologist yes i believe it is ah that's the jackal-headed god of the dead yes and it's like what are you doing stop doing that and as you can tell this is actually more of a pet peeve of mine less less advice and more me bitching about my pet peeves so think about who's saying what and don't over explain shit to get it to your reader. You should find another way of doing it rather than two characters who know stuff explaining it. Like I've seen it where a character has explained the history of some war to another character who already knew that history because then they both sort of chime in together going, oh yes, that was when the great famine happened. It was, it was so of, yes. And isn't that when all the food in these fields died and such a such a warlord was salting the earth? Yes, it was. I remember that. And it's like, I'm not reading this. It's so dull. So that's more of a pet peeve, but I felt like I had to throw it in. No, you bring up such a great point though. It's pretty much info dumping in dialogue form. And the only reason why I'm over here like chuckling is because I find it absolutely hilarious when people over explain in movies and stuff because they speak exactly the way you were speaking. That they were they're like robots. They're like, oh, even though you probably know this, but our watchers might not. So I'm going to explain it to you anyway. 
And then even though I'm assuming that you don't know, you're going to come back and you're going to explain something to me and basically reiterate what I just said. And like it, I mean, it just, I love it. It is a pet peeve. I don't agree with it. I love it at like to a certain extent, just because it's so funny, but here, like take, take what I'm saying right now. Don't over explain. I'm saying I love it because it's funny. It's not supposed to be funny. You're not supposed to it. You're not using over explaining as to like add humor to your novels. Like you don't want your readers to read a piece of dialogue or anything and start laughing at something that's not supposed to be funny. So you know what? Take take that and flip it on its head and be like, oh, is this over explaining if my readers start thinking it's funny to the point that they find it easy to make fun of? I'm probably doing something wrong. That's it. It's the easiest vehicle of, of passing the information to a to a reader or a watcher or a viewer or whatever. But it it's bad. I think when you're younger, you can kind of you don't even notice it as much. But as you get older, it gets really annoying. And I think with CSI, what was annoying was it was a series that went on and on and on. So after the first like two series, you were getting a bit annoyed while they explained it. And obviously you understood that there'll be new people watching. So they had to sometimes explain it. But there were so many other ways they could have done it. Or they could have just mentioned, I'm going to use Luminol. And that was it. And then those people watching who didn't know what Luminol was could have gone and Googled it. Who doesn't do that? We've all done that where we've watched something or some words been said or something's been mentioned. And you're like, what the hell does that mean? Is it just me? I always grab my phone. I'm such a bad person for that, watching a movie. And I'm like, I'm just going to grab my phone and see what that means. I'm just going to grab my phone to see if that's accurate and things like that. Really, we're all on IMDb anyway, trying to look up the actors. So oh, yeah. phone is already in here. <laughs> Gone are the days where we'd spend the whole movie trying to go, who is he? What has he been? Nope. I was like, I'm going to check it immediately. So. But also, you know, this is where dialogue and description go hand in hand with each other. You know, yeah, pass me the luminol. Okay, here you go. And then go on to describe how he's using the luminol. Like, you don't need to, like say oh i need this because this is what i'm going to do with it no 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 no. show us or even use it in maybe the scene with the interview you can slide a photo of a lot of luminol and say we use luminol and you can see all the blood you're telling right. it to the lawyer and his client but it's not instead it's like well, i'm going to tell another csi person who already knows all about it what luminol is or any other thing you know when they're talking about you know bullet fragments and they're just explaining it and it's so frustrating. And I have seen that in books. And it's like, please don't do that. If you really have to drag in some random person to be a prop for you to explain it, if you really need to, it's not great, but fine. It's better than you explaining the situation to somebody who already knows the situation just so that the reader gets it. But it usually means that you've messed up somewhere and you need to go and rewrite that. It's one of the big things. If you, if you hit a wall with your writing, it usually means that there's a problem earlier on that needs to be fixed or rewritten or you're in the wrong direction. And it's the same thing. It's like if you're over explaining something and using two characters who already know something to explain it technically to the reader, then you've messed up and you need to fix some other area. So you don't need to do that. Yeah. Remember earlier I mentioned don't talk to your readers as if they're two. Unless you're writing a board book, don't do that. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Okay. I think with that, we're going to wrap this up. So just a quick recap. 
avoid giving speeches that is those giant chunky paragraphs that go on and on because one character is dominating the whole conversation definitely say your dialogue out loud or get somebody else to read it to you so you can hear whether it sounds okay or whether it rings a bit false or clunky don't over explain anything please 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 avoid the csi example and said is not dead use your dialogue tags use them sparingly make sure the reader is aware of who is speaking but don't overdo it by flinging them everywhere okay as usual we will now turn it over to you guys what are some tips you have for writing dialogue in your novels we'd love to chat about it so tell us your answers in the comments below if you want more of the merry writer podcast be sure to follow us over on podbean youtube or wherever you listen to your podcasts and for as little as one dollar a month you can join us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash the merry writer podcast for bonus content it helps to keep our show going so we really appreciate the support in the meantime tune in every wednesday for a new episode of the merry Right podcast where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Writing Distractions. We're stalling on our whips. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.